Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Your Baltimore Ravens breakdown of Week 7 begins now. Guys have confidence and they believe in themselves, but there's nothing like doing it, right? And the guys were able to go out there in that situation and pick each other up. We all know it's just you just got to get hot at the right time. I think I love our team. We I think we got everything we need to win it. I'd rather not be close. For him, you're out here biting our nails at the end of the game, but um, I feel like it just builds momentum. It was a must-win situation, big divisional game, rivalry game. Um, we got momentum now. Quick turnaround. We got to go to work. Place. And here we go. <laughs> I'm leaving that on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare. We're back with another episode of The Flock on Fox 45. The Ravens coming off of another nail biter, but this time they won. They flipped the script. They ended up beating the Browns. Charm City's happy tonight. Maybe not as happy as they should be, but the excitement level, it's unbelievable. Uh, they remain atop the AFC North standings. Big win for them. So joining me right now, I'm Rocco. We got Tom. We got Jaffe. Morgan is not here, and she won't be for an extended period of time, but we're going to get into that. On October 17th at 12.21 a.m., she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, Hudson Jeffrey, 7.15 pounds, uh, 20 and a half inches. She's got a boy. She's a mom. Congratulations to Morgan. Way to go, Morgan. I mean, we were excited. We loved on the podcast. You- uh, when you were back here, always mentioning, hey, it's going to happen. And then when it finally did, we were just, we couldn't be happier. It was just amazing. Yeah, I think Morgan's really happy too. So we're going to, we're going to miss her. But uh, yeah, you know I would what? hope yeah, so, I Tom. Get out of here. All right. She's happy too. We're going to miss her. But yeah, she'll be back. She, she will yeah, be back. It's going to be awesome. She, Morgan will make her return. I it's going to be, I think she's it's going to be a long awaited return. Still out on listen, that one. listen, let me segue in. You guys aren't letting me finish. I was going to say the Ravens are undefeated. I, I was saying Morgan's going to return like someone did for the Ravens today, but we're going to get into those topics. Gus Edwards, the bus is back. The Ravens win another nail-biter. Defensively, this team looked great. There, there were some spots, obviously, but down the stretch, they stepped up when it mattered most. Just another win for the Ravens. It's big time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they. these are the kind of games that they lost earlier in the season. I think that's the, that's the big point here is they – there were kind of those signs in the fourth quarter where it looked like it might have been slipping away, but ultimately the defense was able to step up, get a few good stops, and get a huge win. I mean, again, 2-0 in the division, so they finally flipped the script in a game that you needed to. They did it against Cincinnati. They won a nail-biter. They do it against Cleveland, so they're they're timely. They're, they're choosing the right games to yeah. collapse, I guess, but today was a good day to, to not do that. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into the offensive struggles in a short turnaround this week. First, we're going to jump into the Ravens winning a nail-biter. Jaffe, you got some stats for us right off the top? 
I mean, it's par for the course at home. I mean, <laughs> going back to after the bye last year, that's nine home games. I don't know why I wasted the time going through it because it's just kind of depressing looking at the stats. But they're four and five, which we knew. They had that long five-game winning streak. That's history. We don't need to talk about it. Or losing streak. We don't You're need to talk about, about it right anymore. now, though. What are you doing? Well, no, I'm talking about the past nine. <laughs> All one-score games. The difference, the, the margin of error over those nine games, two points. That's it. That's what separates them from you know, that could have been a nine game undefeated streak could have been a nine game losing streak. But it, it's the definition of mediocrity. But they got the W today. And that's all that matters. Yeah, no, they did. And they started off sluggish. And it was like, I kind of like to use the term they got their coffee in them. Like when, when you get that jolt of energy after the caffeine finally sits in, and then you run into the bathroom, but they didn't have to do that today. They, they weren't worried about all that. That jolt of energy, they got that, and it really showed down the stretch of this one. But early on, man, you saw the Browns march right down the field. 11 plays, 75-yard drive, capped off by a Nick Chubb two-yard rushing touchdown. He's a leading rusher in the league, and that was something the Ravens' defense was going to key on in this game, and they could not stop the Browns early on. And everyone's like, what, what the heck is going on? Is this the same Browns team we're used to seeing? And the Ravens go down the field, stall in the red zone. They rely on Justin Tucker to kick the field goal. And on Wednesday, Lamar, he's like, we don't want to have to rely on Tuck. And it wasn't an insult towards Justin Tucker. That's talking about how good this offense should be in the red zone. And they were not early on. But the team did get it together. Yeah, I think going back to the, the Browns, a little shock maybe for the Ravens getting through. They had the two really big plays. Obviously, one of those drives results in a field goal. But to, to kind of weather the storm and... I don't know, get that out of the way early and kind of have the rest of the game to regroup, whereas you look at a game like Buffalo or Miami, it was hit after hit in the second half, and then you're you're kind of left wondering what to do. You have time to regroup. It wasn't smooth in the first half, but I think by the time they got to the second half, they had a lot more comfort in who they were on offense. They were running the ball a lot better, and it translated to better results, and, and they really controlled time of possession in the second half. They did, and down the stretch, they got to that 10-point lead. And everyone was just holding <laughs> on to their seats. It's buckle up time. This is not where we want to be. Kind of in uncharted, not uncharted waters. It's waters they're used to being in. But they pulled together towards the end. It that Justice Hill fumble really killed them with about three minutes to go in the game. And and Ravens fans are thinking. I was thinking. I'm just like not again for this football team. It's going to happen again. And everyone I'm sure had that same feeling. It, it's time for this team to show what they're made of down the stretch. And they did. The Browns put put together a pretty solid drive, and you thought they were going to score. I think it was a chunk play to Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then uh, Jacoby Brissett just airs it out to Amari Cooper. I thought it was a touchdown. And it was just dead silence at M&T Bank Stadium. But then he gets called for a push-off, offensive pass interference on Marcus Peters. Last week, Peters gets called for pass interference, and that led to a Saquon Barkley go-ahead touchdown. This week, Peters gets the benefit of the doubt. Well, it wasn't really the benefit of the doubt. He pushed off. Like, he extended the arm and everything. And uh, that, that put, the, put the Browns basically out of field goal range, 61-yarder, blocked by Malik Harrison. And the Ravens, they win a nail-biter, man. Could you imagine this town if that call went the other way? Oh, Man, well, that and then the offsides on the field goal, the first try where the Browns got called for the false start. If that went against the Ravens, Harbaugh was freaking out already. He's like, he moved the ball. He moved the ball. And uh, it went in favor, but it could have, you know, if it goes the other way. That's that's a really the officials are running out of the I mean, stadium. Yeah, that's only that's only a fifty yard field goal if it goes yeah, the other right. way. And it, NFL it, kicker and you know they were hitting them low all day and. uh 
Micah, who blocked the kick, was talking about that. He kind of saw that early, and to know that it's 61 yards and know that they have to kind of drive it low is an advantage for you, and they took they took the opportunity. Yeah. It's, as fans, we love to complain about officiating. It's just so easy to, but I, you're right. Those decisions are magnified in the amount of close games that the Ravens have been playing. And it's not like there's an agenda or anything out there. Some fans like to claim that it's just, oh, the refs are out to get us. No, you're just in really close games, so every mistake is magnified. But you brought up the defense, Rocco, and it was just Ben don't break, and they didn't break in the second half. Yeah, but as far as these close games go, Lamar Jackson, he might not have any nails left after this one, and he talked about that after the game. I'd rather not be close. For him, you're out here biting our nails at the end of the game, but... Um, I feel like it just builds momentum, you know, especially we got this quick turnaround Thursday night um, playing against a tough um, team. Uh, we just got to keep stacking, though. Keep stacking. Hopefully these games don't be so close coming down the nail biters. All right. Tom just informed us during the sound. He called Malik Harrison Micah. So he, he knows it's Malik. He, he gets it. He's new here, so we're not going to give him too much crap on that. But Episode it is, three. It is what here? it is. Wow, Episode right. three. You're still new here. You're, no, I'm probably more new. I'm, I think I'm the newest one here, right? In terms of in terms of like the longest tenured person being, being at the station. station, yeah. No, no, Tom. Tom's been here longer. No, no he's saying he's saying the newest. Newer, he's, saying he's the newest. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I said. We're all in agreement. We're in okay. agreement. Anyway, anyway <laughs> Malik Harrison, not Micah. We'll we'll slip up there, but it's all right. It happens to the best of us. Defensively, the Ravens looked fantastic. First drive of the game, we talked about awful 11 play 75 yard drive, but then they really got it together down the stretch. Patrick Queen, I. Uh, he had his best game of the season. Looking at his stats here right now, he had 11 total tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss. Justin Houston had two sacks, five sacks total on Jacoby Brissett, a turnover, Calais Campbell strip sack of Jacoby Brissett recovered by Odafe Owe. So defensively, this was, I think it was Mike McDonald's best game yet as a play caller. Especially when you look at how Brissett started and how hot they were. We, we, we talked about the the success Cleveland had at the beginning of the game to be able to to get pressure on him, and, and Brissett's a guy that can run. We saw him extend plays a few times. They probably, they hinted at it in the press conference, could have had a few more sacks, but Brissett, give him credit, what was evasive enough to kind of create for Cleveland, but yeah, to get the pressure on him and, and kind of keep him from getting to some of those downfield threats was huge and, and really kept them in the game. Everyone on this defensive staff was put on notice after the second half against the Dolphins, and they came forward and said, we made mistakes, we've got a young an experienced group that hasn't, or even the experienced players haven't played with each other yet. We can make mistakes. That's fine. They happen. We can't repeat them. And that sort of has happened in the secondary. We saw some issues in the front seven in the past couple of weeks, but they have gotten it together and really got after the quarterback today. But we've also seen a shift in philosophy. They are not going necessarily, of course, you want your three and out, but this is a defense that is willing to give up the middle of the field between the 20s but they are starting to crack down in the red zone they really are and that all starts with the pass rush and there were so many questions about the pass rush coming into the season they bring back justin houston they go out and sign jason pierre paul uh two veterans two guys that are top 10 all time in uh sacks currently right now so it's and they got calais campbell as well so that's three guys that are top 10 active in in sacks so it's as far as it goes the pass rush, it's shaping up, and that's what this team needs. And Mike McDonald, like I said before, he really deserves a lot of credit, and John Harbaugh thinks so too. He talked about that as well. Uh, Mike McDonald, 
deserves a lot of credit. Not just Mike, obviously, but the whole defensive staff. I mean, that's a, that's a tough offense to stop, you know, and that run game is really challenging, especially the boots and things like that. We did a really good job with the boots and play actions, except for one play, you know, early in the game, the double seven route got us. But I just think Mike called a heck of a game. He kept his poise, his composure. He always does. Uh, dialed up some blitzes at the right times. Uh, the guys have responded to him really well. So just I think he deserves a lot of credit for that win. That changed the game a lot. If you can put pressure on the quarterback and make the quarterback uncomfortable, it's, that, that creates a lot of turnovers. It helps the game. It helps change the game. So anytime you can get turnovers and change the momentum of the game, that's big. All right, a guy who was a big part of this Ravens offense today was Gus Edwards. First game back in 645 days. The bus is back in service, and it was rolling two touchdowns on the day. That first one, it must have felt fantastic for him to get in the end zone. And then he scores on a uh, on a goal line carry from a yard out. So they were both goal line carries. One was from two, one was from one. So, I mean, that's what you get with Gus Edwards. He's, he's a big body guy. He looked in great shape. Even when he came back, the dude looks jacked. Honestly, just walking by. Um, and he's back, he's healthy, and he's ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, he got 16 carries, 66 yards. You have 4.1 per. Not bad. You'll take that any day from any running back. You'd like to think that'll give you a shot. You give him 20, 25 carries, and you'd say, boy, what a great day. I think, too, with Dobbins being out now for four to six weeks, it's relieving for the Ravens to, to still have a, a rushing attack that you can depend on. And obviously Lamar has a ton of talent with his legs, but you got the game from Kenyon Drake last week. You get it from Gus Edwards this week. Kind of running back by committee can be effective in the league, and the Ravens, you know, they're kind of hands are tied. They're going to have to do it. But to see Gus Edwards get a good game again, to see Kenyon Drake get a good game the week before, it's comforting to know that you have those other resources when, you know, maybe something like the passing game isn't clicking today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Now, as a reporter... I'm not Adam Schefter. I'm not Field Yates. I don't get the inside scoops. But watching these guys at practice for that media viewing period, we only really get to watch for 20 to 30 minutes sometimes. It's not like training camp where we could, you know, we only got to film a certain amount and then when you could watch the rest of it. It's like it's strict 20 to 30 minutes of practice. That's it. And you can't really get a good idea of whether a guy is going to get the bulk of the carries or, or be that lead back or not. His first game back, 645 days. Gus did look good from when I saw him, but I wasn't sure if this guy was going to get the start on Sunday. I didn't know if they were going to go to the hot hand, go back to Kenyon Drake. He's coming off a really, really good game. Um, but they went with Gus, and it really paid off for him and this football team. And he talked about after the game how getting in the end zone for that first time was a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. You go over the same plays all week, and you envision everything being a touchdown, and it's always feel like a release. But this one was special for me, coming off the injury, and and like I said, I keep I'm gonna keep saying it, man. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. He looked good in practice. He he looked like he was ready. We were we were patient with him in terms of bringing him back. I think, uh, but until you get in the game, I think it's kind of hard to say. And he did a great job. Obviously, he was ready. So Gus was really a bright spot in an offense that I don't want to say struggled, but. It was, yeah, they struggled today. It's a fair word. <laughs> Lamar Lamar was 9-16 of 16 for 120 yards. He only threw the ball 16 times, first of all. Uh, he didn't have a touchdown for the first time 
since they played the Browns last season, which is kind of raises some eyebrows. Rashad Bateman's back, four catches, 42 yards. He came up big with two of those catches. Uh, They set the Ravens up with some fantastic field position. Mark Andrews, he didn't have a single catch on National Tight Ends Day of of all things to do. Like, the guy was held without a catch. Insane. But, but, he did come up with one of the biggest plays in the game. Fourth and one, lining up at quarterback. We're not sure if he's going to get that sneak like he did in the, in the Dolphins game uh, up the middle. He ends up pitching the ball to Lamar, and Lamar ends up breaking off a first down, which he said could have gone for a touchdown. That was cool. <laughs> what are you thinking when you <laughs> see Lamar lining up seven yards back like a running back? I mean, you you can't assume you're going to pitch that. Defensively, you, you remove that from your mind, right? Like, you you, you got to be prepared for the quick snap and sneak. That's all you can do, right? He looks good at Q. You know, he looks comfortable. He looked he natural. Tried the hard count, it looks like, trying to get the Browns offside. I was sitting in the stands. I thought, oh, maybe he's going to try to draw him offside. They're going to end up punting it. And then they ran the play, and I was like, oh, they're going to try this. They actually are, and it worked. And it was it, it was fun to see some creativity with you know the athletes that this team has to kind of go to more of that, I think, is, is a channel that they can go in the future. How long do you guys think the Ravens have been working on that play? Just take a wild guess. I mean, I listened to post game. They said at least a month. Oh, well, way to give it away, <laughs> yeah, Shotley. Thanks, thanks dude. On. Appreciate it. One dollar, Bob. Thanks for ruining everything. Yeah, exactly. Boo. Like, boo. I know. This I guy's know. the one that has the uh, Schefter notifications turned on for the NFL draft and can't uh, watch the more research, he's, man. He's, Come he's on. Yeah. He's, find like, he's telling everyone in the other room, the Ravens pick Kyle Hamilton at 14 before anyone even knows. I'm like, shut up, man. I'm just trying to watch the draft by myself. So, uh, no, that's. What a crazy play, though. Greg Greg Roman, he's got the key to the vault, man. That's what everyone talks about. It's like, I don't know. It's he, cool to see. You still, you like going back to the offensive struggles, though. That was, I mean, outside of Gus's carries, that that was pretty abysmal today. I mean, you still had Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay had a couple big plays, but it just felt like they rely or, or they were lacking any semblance of a go-to guy in a third and manageable situation. Like to get that six yard cut, you expect Mark Andrews to be that guy and getting shut out just felt like it killed some of these drives. It's, it's, today. It's, yeah. It's great that they got the win, but I feel like there wasn't really a rhythm like with this offense. Like it was, it was lacking rhythm today. And I'm not sure if that was just me, if other people saw it, but it just didn't look like the offense that were really the past two weeks didn't look like the offense we're used to seeing. Like this is, Lamar Jackson was phenomenal the first couple games of the season, just throwing touchdowns at will, setting records back and forth in back-to-back weeks. And now Lamar Jackson, the 2019 unanimous MVP, is not not a single touchdown in the game against an AFC North opponent. I don't know. He he got hit a few times today. Yeah. You know, the, the the Browns did get after him. Um and and I just wonder if that kind of rattled um, the play Kong, they had to adjust on the fly and it didn't feel like they might have made the adjustments that they would have wanted to. Yeah, and Lamar was on the injury report this week. He came out during that media viewing period on Wednesday, 20 minutes later than usual, and he was listed on the injury report with, with a hip issue. I'm not speculating. I'm not sure, but do we think that something's bothering Lamar? Is it, is it just he might have just had a bad game? Like, but I don't want to say bad game because he put them in position to win the game. And we talked, I'll say that. I'll say that because we talked last week about 
you know, Lamar with the bad interception and the, you know, the snap wasn't yeah. really his fault. But having that happen in this, you know, you weren't in a position to make mistakes. And I think that's the important takeaway. He, he still kept the ball 10 times, right? He still ran 10 times. And I feel like he doesn't do that or that's not in the design. Like, you're not going to put Mark Andrews under center and pitch it out to him if you really are concerned about that hip, I think, or I would hope. But, you know, going back to what Tom said about that there's second half interceptions, um, I just wonder if that's playing into the offensive struggles where they're sort of limiting their playbook in the second half because, I mean, just going through my chart, he's thrown five second half interceptions this year. I'll say this, though. <laughs> he didn't He didn't have a single turnover in this game, which is good. He almost did. There was a ball that got batted down at the line of scrimmage, and Lamar, he jumped up, smacked it out of the air to make sure the Browns couldn't get on top of that or, uh, you know, intercept that. But – only throwing the ball 16 times. It does raise some eyebrows, and it, it leads you to question, what's going on here? Why, why is that the case? But it's something Lamar talked about after the game, and John Harbaugh talked about how Lamar put this team in position to win. Lamar did what he had to do to win the game. I mean, he managed the game with the run game. He had so many good runs himself. He had some critical throws, protected the ball in the pocket against that, that pass rush. Uh, I told him after the game, I said, don't, don't, don't think you didn't win this game for us because you did. All right, as, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson not giving the ball to throw too many times. Like, it's a 16 times. As a fantasy owner, boy, you look at this Ravens offense and you're thinking, should I really have anyone on my team? I mean, outside of Lamar and Justin Tucker, is there anyone worthy? I think, I think Mark Andrews is very worthy. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. And he gets, aside from this week, he's getting the looks and the targets. But it really is tough because... One week, it'll be one receiver. One week, it'll be the next receiver. Some weeks, it's it's Bateman when he's healthy. It's Duvernay when he's, you know, when Bateman's not healthy. And then you go with the running backs. Drake goes for 110 yards and a touchdown last week, or 112 yards, 100-plus yards and a touchdown last week. Um, then it's Gus Edwards coming in. It's funny because my girlfriend asked me, she's like, who should I pick up in the Ravens' backfield? And I'm like, listen, I have no clue. I don't know if you should pick Drake up. I don't know if you should pick Gus up because she's in – She's in a smaller league. Like I'm in one of those like keeper leagues where Gus is already taken. Kenyon Drake's already taken. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is already taken, and he's stashed right now because he's going to be out for an extended amount of time. So I really don't know. As far as the running back goes, that's the toughest position to really judge as a fantasy owner with the Ravens. I picked up Kenyon Drake this week. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, I guess. He had, <laughs> what, 11 carries for five yards? Yep, yeah, 11 man. for five. <laughs> so I, had, I had Dobbins, and I was like, all right, I guess I can't play him this week, so yep. I'll go with Drake. And I, I picked that. him up. Clearly went well. <laughs> I, I picked him up also, but I put him on the bench but because, frankly, my running back core is just – I, I think everyone's just in the hospital <laughs> or on a bye. Like, it's a just, tough position I've hit to the play. Worst, I mean, <laughs> the how, worst luck with it. How are you guys' fantasy teams looking? Terrible. Horrendous. Yeah. Mine's – I'm in second place in my league right now, but had Josh Allen on a bye. Dalvin Cook's on a – or, yeah, Dalvin Cook's on a bye as well. James Conner, he's hurt again. So, I ended up making a trade because I'm in a 12-team keeper league. I think I threw out because my team's pretty, pretty, you know, I have Damian Pierce, I have Brian Robinson Jr. And they're got them both as rookies and they're expected to have pretty solid careers. But I ended up trading my one of my best friends, um, James Conner, Alexander Madison, because Madison was my handcuff for, for Dalvin Cook. You got you got both of them in the backfield. If one goes down, you got the other. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. Nope, I'm done. Done with Madison. Done with Conner. Um I have two 
first round picks, one for this year, one for next, and I traded them to my buddy for Christian McCaffrey. Did oh. I get fleeced or did he get fleeced or was it a fair trade? I I, I stay away from trades. I don't know. I'm I'm so do I. I superstition, I, but I'm like I any deal I make, like I don't I don't trust whoever's making the deal with me. The, backhanded, whatever it may be, the they're second, trying to fleece me. The second you give something up for McCaffrey, right? He's gonna get hurt. Uh, come on, Jaffe. <laughs> I speak like, that into this is going in front of you. This is going to be the year that he is finally healthy the whole way through. Like, it's just one of the greatest talents to never play a full season. He's like Mike Trout, like Barkley too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, the last Saquon few years, the top two running now that they're healthy. Saquon. Oh come I'm on! Just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. One went to Penn State. That joke. To Boo. All right. <laughs> you you want the most electric anyway. players healthy, right? But War Eagle. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> forty-one to twelve. Uh, anyway. This Ravens offense is was flat your, out. I was that whiteout game against Minnesota. Fantastic. Why don't you play a real team on uh on so the whiteout game? Ohio State. They that? do and they lose. Yeah. So that's why they don't Whatever, do it anymore. Dude. Anyway, should, should we, we can't all be the Temple Owls and uh <laughs> <laughs> lose lose. The if we're gonna talk oh, some college Terps football, let's give yes, some uh, let's eligible. give some props to Maryland football. Six and Loxley, two. Loxley's got him going, man. They're rolling. Billy Edwards Jr. No Talia this week. Billy Edwards Jr. comes in and does his thing. Billy the Kid, the gunslinger. The way he was moving, the ginger yeah. Lamar Jackson. Oh, Jeez, running all, right. all over the field. Jeff, oh, too many of these crazy analogies. Did I have, did I have too many drinks today? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what you did. I'm drinking the Terps Kool-Aid. That, that's what <laughs> I'm doing. I mean, I'm a Maryland guy. I have to. you got to love what they're doing. When's that, uh, when's that Penn State game? November 12th? Yeah, a couple weeks up I'm there. I'm worried about that one. I am worried. Good, dude. You should be. You should be worried every Whoa, single week. Penn hostile. State takes the yeah. Hostile. I'm not. I went to Temple, man. Not a not a big Penn State fan. Not T- talk about another team that regularly beats Maryland. Go <laughs> <laughs> cool So anyway, the Ravens very quick turnaround. Uh, it's a short one this week. Thursday night football on Amazon Prime, and I'm hoping the Ravens and Bucks can just restore every football fan's faith in humanity with these Amazon Prime football games because they've been two doozies the last two weeks. It's been some bad football, some some very bad football. So hopefully the Ravens and Bucks can put on a show. The Bucks, I don't know what's happening with them. They've lost four out of the five games. They just lost 21-3 to to the Christian McCaffrey-less Carolina Panthers. No Robbie Anderson either. He just got traded to the Cardinals. What's going on in Tampa? Well, DJ Moore had a day, but uh, future Raven. No, yeah, well, that's you, they, they want him. He's the Ravens, Ravens flop wants him so bad, man. DJ just Moore following, is the following Ravens so Twitter. They want him back so bad. Oh yeah, the Buccaneers had one of the strangest off seasons. I think anyone could piece that together. They didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. Then they did. Then when he came back, he disappeared, uh, <laughs> and now Tom Brady's back. And it sort of looks like there's some trouble in paradise on that offensive side of the ball because the defense has been pretty good as far as you know the league goes. They they've been all right. Former Temple Isle, sorry, I gotta plug that again. PJ Walker just absolutely torched them. I mean, yeah, you Not look at the you look at the last two touchdowns. weeks with them. They kind of yeah, got yeah. handled in Pittsburgh yep. last week. The yep. Carolina takes it to them, like you mentioned, twenty-one to three. Brady's what forty-five now. Guys getting old. I mean, the missing a week, missing a day of practice every week has got to hurt the offensive system. Even I get it. It's Tom Brady, and we put him on a pedestal. It's he can do whatever he wants, but we're getting to the point where maybe he's getting away with too much for this team to still be efficient on offense. And I think that's fair to say. And every time it gets to this point, he comes back and shuts you all up. 
And that's what, as a Ravens fan, anyone would have to be worried about is, oh, great, he's been struggling. Now he's going to turn it around against us. Yeah, the Ravens, they need to put another solid game together against this football team. They can't get caught up in the hype that they're, they're facing Tom Brady. They're on the road. It's the spotlights on Thursday night football. This is a team that's yet to win two games all season long. They have a chance to do it Thursday night against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Thursday night football. And uh, we're not going to have highlights on Thursday night because that game will still be in progress. But we'll have a full recap Sunday night, next Sunday night on Sports Unlimited. So, Jeffy, when are we doing this podcast again? You really tell me what to do. I don't I don't make the demands here. You kind of do. Yeah, so, I you're think, telling me. I think if we got time, we should do a special one Friday. We can do a quick recap. We'll have the bodies here. Special one on Friday? Yeah, let's do a special we'll one recap. Friday. Sure. All right. yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that, that would be good. And then we could, if we wanted to, come back Sunday, do our normal you know, look ahead. Because the Ravens, boy, you, you pull off this win Thursday. Be huge. You, Huge. You get, huge. And then you have the extra day off going into a yep. Monday night game. And then you're taking on and then New you Orleans. Have... Then you got Carolina, who is bad, but they did just beat Tampa. And then you got Jacksonville. The schedule gets easier have the from buy. here on out. But you, you get do this win. Yes. I'm just talking about their future yeah. opponents. Yeah, man. So we'll see what they do. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Flock on Fox 45. I always have to pause before I say that because I'm still not too sure what the name of this podcast is not because i don't love it it's just because it's so hard to say sometimes too for tom shively jaffe uh if if the podcast for some reason doesn't happen on friday you can send all your complaints to michael.jaffe at gmail.com and make sure make sure you know you don't hold back with any of the complaints you send him so thanks again for tuning in we'll see you back here on friday with another episode You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.